0: I read a couple of different messages, sermons, comments on this, and the clearest that I found was by a Scottish preacher, Alexander McLaren, and he said this, Christianity is a, as a revelation is all condensed and concentrated in Jesus, so that it is no exaggeration to say that Christianity is Christ. And Christianity as a life may almost be gathered up in this one expression of my text, gazing upon Christ. And as we do so, there is what the scientists would call osmosis. But what we look for is assimilation, that the beauty, the likeness of Christ is worked into our hearts and into our lives. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. And on this final program of the year, uh, at least weekday program, we come today to a great text of Scripture, a word that I trust will be just for you for the year to come. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9. And it came to pass when they were gone over, it shall not be so. So here was a big request made by Elisha that the mantle of Elijah would fall upon him. He wanted to have the same power in his own soul which Elijah enjoyed in his ministry. And of course, that ought to be our burden and our desire each and every day as we serve God in our generation. We need the power of the Lord. So take heed to the answer and the answer that was given to him. And it said, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. In other words, if you keep gazing upon me and you keep your eyes fixed in me as I go up in the chariot, then yes, you will get your answer but you must keep your eyes upon me. In short, this simply applies to the Christian life. The Christian life is not rules and regulations. It is to keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, to keep trusting in his power and in his grace. Yes, it is true that of his grace have all we received and grace for grace, grace above measure, grace that cannot be calculated. It is immeasurable, abundant grace. And as we live the Christian life, we must keep our eyes and focus upon the Lord, not upon things, but upon our blessed Savior and Redeemer. Now, are you doing that? That is vitally important as you would live for God. And as we close this year, we need to give thanks to God for His grace, and as we enter into a new year, we need to trust Him for the grace that we are yet to need. So let's unite for a moment in prayer and call on the Lord. Father, we thank Thee that there is grace to be had, that our Lord Jesus is full of grace and truth and of his grace have all we received. And so we ask that as we end this year that you take our thanks for all the blessings, all the victories, and all the grace that we have received through our Lord Jesus. But now, Lord, we must press on, and as we enter into a new year, we pray that you will go before us and grant us your blessing enable us to keep our eyes upon the Lord, and by trusting in the Lord Jesus, to know the victory, the power, and the blessing in our lives. Remember your people in all their needs. Lord, this world can be overwhelming, and for some we have not passed this way before. There are new experiences, even to the end of the journey, but we pray that you will give us your grace And your power, that we may live in victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, and it is in his name that we ask and pray. Amen. Now stay tuned with us as we go to the message from the pulpit of our church on Second Kings chapter two, nine. Let a double portion be upon me, and we do need that anointing and power of the Lord to live for Christ. 2 Kings chapter 2, and I suppose verse 9 would be the the main text, although we're going to look at this whole event of Elisha looking upon Elijah as he is received up into heaven in a whirlwind. In this verse 9, it says, It came to pass that when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, "'Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee.' And Elisha said, "'I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me.'" Elijah we can liken to John the Baptist. He is the man that is rough and tough. Elisha we can liken to our Lord Jesus. He is the one that follows, and it seems that Elijah prepares the way. Elisha's ministry is gentle and gracious, like that to our Lord Jesus. As we read this passage, we come to the last days of Elijah on earth, before he is taken up into heaven. He is one of the few who never had to die a normal earthly death that the Lord took him and called him straight into heaven on a chariot of fire. He knew it, that is, that his time was short, and Elisha knew it. There were various sons of the prophets. It would seem the young guys were asking, do you not know that God is going to take your master away from you? And Elisha said, I know it. Now, Elijah was anxious about the future, how things would go for God's people when he was gone. And Elisha was anxious for his own ability and the responsibility that would fall upon him and the future under his ministry. Maybe at the beginning of this new year, we stand at the very same place. We wonder how it will go in the year before us. We wonder that in the Christian life, will I be strong or weak? Will I be able for the task and the commitment to follow and be disciples of the Lord Jesus? Or will I buckle under the pressure? Elijah offered Elisha one request, and he asked him, Before I am taken from you, ask of me one thing. And here we stand at a juncture similar to that of Solomon. When God said to Solomon, what would I have you have me do for you? And Solomon asked for wisdom, not for riches or pomp or power, but wisdom. What would this young Elisha ask? This would be a great test of his heart, whether he was a, materialistic man or whether he was really set on serving God. The request, as you see here in verse 9, is, let a double portion of thy Spirit be upon me. Now, immediately, Elijah said, you've asked a hard thing. And we learn that spiritual gifts and blessings are the hardest. Oh, it's easy to walk in the flesh— it's easy to do what the world does. It's easy to walk as we once did, but to live a new life, to live a spiritual life, to be a man or a woman of prayer, to live in the Word, to obey God with happy, holy hearts, these are hard things. But thankfully, Elijah did not say they were impossible, but rather he said on one condition, you're Request will be granted if you see me when I am taken up. Uh, That is relating to the day or hour of his call to be taken up in a whirlwind in the chariot of fire. And Elisha takes note of the condition, and he sets himself that he will keep his eyes upon Elijah, that he might receive his request for a double portion. The New Testament calls us to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And this becomes the secret, the key to living the Christian life. In Hebrews chapter 12, 2, uh, the whole picture is that of the athlete running the race. And he is told to get his eyes on the leader. And he's not to look to the spectators, he's not to look anywhere, but looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And it is by that means that we will become spiritual, godly, and enjoy the power and the blessing of God upon our souls. And so you and I, if we are to know God's help as we launch into this new year, we must learn how to look unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. This is vital. I read a couple of different messages, sermons, comments on this, and the clearest that I found was by a Scottish preacher, Alexander McLaren, and he said this, "'Christianity is a, as a revelation is all condensed and concentrated in Jesus.'" so that it is no exaggeration to say that Christianity is Christ. And Christianity as a life may almost be gathered up in this one expression of my text, gazing upon Christ. And as we do so, there is what the scientists would call osmosis, but what we look for is assimilation, that the beauty, the likeness of Christ is worked into our hearts and into our lives. Now, the reality is that Hebrews 12, 2 is not just about looking off onto our leader, the author and finisher of our faith, the Lord Jesus. It's to look away from the other things. Built into that statement, looking onto Jesus, is the reality we're to look away from, we're look off those things that hinder us. And in the text, Paul, the author goes on to say about laying aside the sins, the weights that do so easily beset us. And so living the Christian life, living in spiritual power with God, comes down to our ability to look away from the world, other people, and ourselves— We've got to stop looking at ourselves, the inward, introspective look, studying ourselves, and realize that our call and command is to fix our hearts, our trust, our confidence in the leader, the author, and to know that the battle is the Lord's. It's his church. We are his disciples. We're to walk in his footsteps. Were to do his commands, but the power, the blessing, will come from him. When the athlete ran the race, as described there in Hebrews two, the seats all around in the Roman Colosseum, thousands of spectators all around, looking down on the the, the track right around the floor of the Colosseum. When the runner was running the race, as the athlete he must not look at the spectators. He must not consider the people around him. They will not help him to run. There will be no strength given to him. There will be no extra energy worked into his heart and body as he runs that race by considering the people. He must consider the leader. And as he keeps his eye on the leader, then he is helped to run the race. And that is God's voice and message to our hearts. One more quote from Alexander McLaren. He says, Look away from yourselves. You will never make yourself strong by groaning over your own weakness. You may get some hints as to what you should avoid and so forth by self-examination, and I am not dehorting from that. But I say there are few more widely operative causes of imperfect— and on progressive Christian lives than the habit of always looking at ourselves and recounting to ourselves our own failures. That is not the way to get strength. Look off unto Jesus. And if we can do that, and it is a hard thing, but it's not impossible— because that's the key and the way the Lord would have us live the Christian life. Looking unto Jesus, drawing our everything from the the leader, and the battle is the Lord's. Now, I want us to go back to 2 Kings 2 and look at how Elisha did this. He was told that he must keep his eyes on Elijah, and when he would see him go up, He would receive the double portion of his spirit. So, how did Elisha do it? And I want us to learn from him. Well, let's first of all see this persistent following. We'll go to 2 Kings chapter 2 and look at verse 6. Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee, here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. Now, he was given what would appear to be a command, but at least the liberty to go back, to tarry, to wait around. Indeed, three times this comes up in this passage. Verse 2, Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here. But he said, No way. As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not. And he followed him. And then you see verse 4, they say him again. Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And again, Elisha said, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And then in verse 6, the same thing again, when Elijah had to go down to Jordan, as thy soul liveth, as thy Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. So you can see here his persistent following. What was this? Was this disobedience from Elisha? No, I think we see this as a test of Elijah. We see that Elijah, the wise master, gave him freedom to slacken, freedom to wait around until he reappeared. But he decided, no, I'm going to keep, I'm going to stay right with you. Now, all of this, the truth is that all of this came before the condition of the promise. Elisha Elijah was already doing this. This was his habit. This was his manner. This was his life, serving, following his master, Elijah. And it became a tremendous test of his loyalty. Now, your loyalty is going to be tested in this year to come. You're going to be tested in your discipleship. Will you follow after the Lord, or will you seek an opportunity to draw back? Wait. Take your foot off the gas for a while and rest. You will have opportunities, perhaps, to slacken, but they will become tests of loyalty. It's also a test of liberty. And these are times in which we live when men are talking about their liberties. And as a Christian, I want to have my liberties to do this. But what are you going to do with that liberty? We see Elijah had liberty. He didn't have to go every place that Elijah went. He had liberty in a sense, to live out his own little life a little more. But what did he do with his liberty? He didn't take it as a license to slacken, but rather he used his liberty to follow on after his master. And that's what Christian liberty is all about. We are set free from being slaves of sin and of Satan, that we might be servants of righteousness that we might all the more be loyal to our Master and follow Him with all our hearts and with all our minds. I also see in this a test of Elisha's love. Did he enjoy his Master's company? Did he like to be in His presence? Did he feel that that was the fulfillment of life to be with His Master, to be in His presence? to hear his words, to know what he was doing and how he did it, looking unto his master. That was a test of Elisha's love. And we know that he refused to be away from him, to leave him. He pursued his presence because he enjoyed his presence. Now, if you tell me that you're a Christian and you love the Lord, you will want to be Where your master is. You will not want to draw back or slacken. There is an equivalent of this, of the men on the road to Emmaus, those men after the resurrection when the Lord appeared to them, and as they walked by the way on the road, their hearts burned within them, because the Lord opened the Scriptures and made them to understand spiritual things. And we read in that passage that the Lord made as if he would have gone further, but the men had arrived at their home or destination. What did they do? Did they say, well, it's nice knowing you? Did they say, well, it's a great thing to have had this walk and talk? No, we're told that they constrained him to abide, to tarry with them. And the Lord did. And do you see that the Lord loves to be constrained? He loves to be invited into your life, to be nearer to you. If you slacken, if you are prayerless, the Lord will go further. He will be at a distance. But if you cling to him and cleave with him, he will come to you and live with you in a very gracious and personal way. And so we see this persistence in following in the life of Elisha. Do you have that persistence? Will you pray for that persistence in your Christian and life? You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of our Free Presbyterian Church. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. Now we come to the final program. I want to thank each listener, each one who has been a partner with us in prayer, listening, keeping us informed, and we do appreciate all who support this ministry. And I trust that into the new year that you will continue with us and that the Lord will bless the ministry of his word. Time is rolling on quickly. A little clock said, I just can't go on ticking 60 seconds every minute, 60 minutes every hour, 12 hours every day. The clockmaker asked, canst thou not tick one tick at a time? Oh, yes, replied the little clock. Then that is all that is required of thee, said the clockmaker. As thy day, thy strength shall be. This should be enough for thee. He who knows thy frame will spare, burdens more than thou canst bear. Now that is the way to live the Christian life. We may be filled with fear as we think of the the vast unknown before us as entering into a new year. Yet each day we live looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and he promises to sustain us, to give us the daily grace that we need to live for him, to walk with him, and to serve him in this world." I want to mention the leaflets uh, that you may receive for your friends as outreach and witness. One is called, What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world? And another is, The Good Shepherd and looking Onto Jesus as the Lamb of God. These are uh, single leaflets that they will give you the scriptures, they give you the uh, explanation, and all the details of our ministry of Let the Bible Speak. And if you can use them, be in touch. We look forward to hearing.